Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Lee Cantor here, another episode of ATDC Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. We got with us today Charles Potts, FinTech Catalyst here at ATDC. Welcome. Good morning, Lee. Welcome. Tell us about um, your role as the FinTech Catalyst. What does that entail? Yeah, well, thank you, uh, and I appreciate uh, you guys having me here this uh, this morning. Um, the FinTech Catalyst is really um, here at ATDC uh, designed to help startup companies who specialize in the financial services, financial technology space, really grow, um, as we say, accelerate, um, and then hopefully um, mature and move on to being strong, viable companies. My job really around the fintech space is to apply some industry expertise and knowledge and and my experience, um, as I like to say, to to help uh, keep them from making fatal mistakes. Some mistakes you might have made. Uh, you have some scar have, tissue, I, I would have, imagine. I have a lot of that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of that. So, yes. So, you know, we, we find here at ATDC, really, the the better we can apply some industry knowledge and expertise, the more efficient and effective uh, great entrepreneurs with startup ideas uh, are going to be at executing and, and being successful. And I would imagine because this is such a kind of regulated and complex industry, there's a lot of landmines there. There are a lot of people don't know what they don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of third rails you don't want them to touch. (laughs) And having a Sherpa to help you through this can really save you a lot of pain. Yeah, you know, we see this in a lot of industries and especially highly regulated industries like financial services, financial technology, where if you can just point people in the right direction, you can shortcut a lot of the pain and uh, and challenges they have uh, in execution. So now tell us about the Atlanta fintech ecosystem. Are you bullish, bearish, nervous, happy, excited? Well, I I have to tell you, um, I have a a long experience here um, coming out of banking. I started as a banker, woke up one day while I was working my way through school and uh, and was heavily involved. I was the young guy, the... Uh, for some of your listeners, the, hey, let Mikey try it kind of guy, since I was the young, I could play with the technology. And we've always had a very vibrant and robust uh, technology community around financial services here, uh, going back to the late 70s, early 80s. And what has evolved has been um, some really profound global players whose uh, sheer presence alone creates uh, this this kind of uh, gravity that attracts other players, other startups, other ideas who want to participate in the marketplace. Uh, knowledge is, is everything to a lot of these companies, and uh, the amount of source matter, matter experts we have walking the streets of Atlanta is something that uh, very few communities have when it comes to payments and financial technology. And then when you have those kind of large players, then that creates some clusters around that and you get some maybe frustrated or uh, executives that spin off and have better ideas that want to be more nimble. And then- we have a lot of serial <laughs> entrepreneurs um, uh, in this marketplace and a lot of, uh, a lot of executives and, and, and leaders in these communities, in these businesses who have all worked together over the years. So we, 
uh, you know, we often, like many other industries, use the term coopetition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all work together very well, and uh, we at ATDC can be a little bit of that uh, that hub. Uh, connecting a lot of these companies together who sometimes may compete, sometimes need to work together. And is that where uh, kind of your role falls in? You're kind of a matchmaker and uh, sharing expertise, but also those connections, opening some doors and, and, and letting people know, hey, there might be an opportunity here. You may want to pay attention to these a- people. A- absolutely. A, lar- a large part of my time with the entrepreneurs, with the leaders of these startup companies, is really helping them navigate some of the other players in the marketplace they need to work with, whether that's direct prospects that they might want to pursue, or it's other partners or other providers um, that they need to be able to work with. And then that gives a, a company, a startup, that um, an opportunity maybe to beta test in a large organization that gives it a lot of street cred growing, going forward so they can grow. Yeah, nothing, and, uh, nothing breeds success mm-hmm. like success. And if you can get um, a well-known brand behind you, uh, using, supporting, endorsing, piloting your product, uh, that speed to market uh, is only that much faster. And then... Uh, are you seeing any trends happening uh, that maybe start here that are expanding nationally or globally or, or maybe the reverse that you're seeing things that have started elsewhere kind of flourish here? Well, there's a number of things that happen in the financial technology, financial payments space um, that are global in nature um, and local in execution. And some of the things around um Bitcoin-ish, um, you know, cyber currencies um, are all very profoundly happening in and around uh, this marketplace. Uh, but we also have things that may have happened in other parts of the world that are being incubated um, and being prepared for the U.S. market around things like faster payments, um, some of the other virtualization activities that are happening in the payments and financial services space. Um, and then all the different type of card products that we may have seen in other parts of the world that are uh, growing and expanding here in the U.S. Now, um, Atlanta, a lot of times, is seen as a B2B town. Or is there a B2C play also um, through fintech that you're seeing? Yeah, most uh, – it's, it's kind of interesting. Most uh, fintech solutions – may be sold B2B, but they're sell-to and through type strategies. The ultimate end users for a lot of these uh, fintech solutions are actually consumers, but your distribution channel, your primary customer, uh, may be the actual b- business itself that supports those downstream customers. So that that uh, understanding of that ecosystem and that set of strategies that goes along with uh, building, deploying, and supporting uh, technology into that space um, is keenly evident with a lot of the companies here um, in the Atlanta marketplace. And it's something that uh, a lot of early stage entrepreneurs uh, take uh, great pleasure in knowing there's a lot of knowledge about that here um, in the Atlanta marketplace. Now, are you spending uh, more of your time personally in helping them with technology challenges or in this kind of networking marketing opportunity challenges yeah i mean less so the technology i mean there's a there's a wealth of technology resources here at georgia tech and through the atdc organization that we can uh, pull 
in to help solve any kind of native technology problem a startup may have. Uh, but the coaching and mentoring of the startup and really the execution strategy and growth strategy is really the big role that the catalysts play. Uh, we, we, you know, tend to be um, the shoulder to lean on or cry on if, if necessary. And, uh, and my job is to help them find the resources they need to help be successful. Now, is that something that is, um, does the young entrepreneur really understand that? Or do they think that it's the technology is the answer and that's what all the only thing that people are going to care about? And you're saying kind of some of the really the important stuff are the relationships and the navigating and stuff like that. In the end, in all businesses, relationships matter. I mean, people want to do business with people. And the technology may get you in the door. It may be the differentiator. It may actually be the secret to your success as a company. Um, But in the end, you've got to understand the relationships that you've got to nurture, grow, um, and facilitate in order to have successful companies. Now, um, can you share maybe some stories or some tips for that young person to help them kind of maybe be better at those skills? Um, Well, probably the first thing that many of us um, have learned all over again many, many times with the School of Hard Knocks is um, don't fall in love with your technology. Uh, Understand that, um, you know, other people may, quote unquote, find your baby ugly and you got to figure out why that is. And those are those are important early hard lessons uh, to help support and facilitate with the entrepreneur. Um, Second is really understanding the buying behavior um, of your prospect customer. You know, what motivates them to buy? Those things oftentimes are difficult to understand. One of the things many of us learn early on in, in a variety of industries and in financial services and quote unquote banking um, is no is an easy answer. No is the first answer. Mm-hmm. Um, as a banker, you're told to say no. Uh, you're in the risk avoidance business. So no is the default position. So over- even though like intellectually, it sounds like a good idea, but they don't want to risk political capital. Absolutely. They don't want to be wrong. Like exactly. there's, there's a lot of reasons to say no that aren't kind of obvious yeah. and don't make sense a lot of times to the entrepreneur because That's your right. solution's so good and it's so elegant and Absolutely. it solves so many problems. Absolutely. The, the entrepreneur that, uh, that um, fails to understand the, the real buying behavior um, is going to is going to be challenged, and uh, and especially in the financial services banking space. If if you've got a, a somebody who's selling to banks, um, you just have to understand they're they're trained to be fiduciaries. They're trained to minimize risk, uh, avoid and new in their mind is risk. New is always <laughs> risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, new is always risk. So th- those are those are important and hard lessons, but they're they're lessons that can be taught. Now, what about um, how how do you help them deal with all the regulation? That not only is a regulation a moving target. That you know politically, it depends who's in charge. The right. regulations can change dramatically, right. and then you layer on international yes. issues. And then, you know, the world is flat issues that everything is international nowadays. Yep. Uh, so how do you help them kind of navigate those waters? Well, that's um, that's knowledge. That's knowing where to go, um, knowing who to talk to. We have, a, again, a wealth of expertise available to us here at ATDC and in the Atlanta marketplace. Um, a lot of times it's understanding what the 
what the solution service application is designed to do and making sure that we're pursuing the right um, set of regulatory uh, guidance and oversight to evaluate its its impact on the business. Um, so there are some uh, things that are global in nature that apply to all businesses nowadays. Uh, there are some things that are are territorial, geographically uh, different, uh, vary by country, vary by state, and helping uh, the the entrepreneur understand. Um, how to disseminate that information and then find the right amount of expertise to, to, um, to apply and solve those problems. Now, um, where are you seeing blockchain play into all of this? Well, blockchain is, uh, I mean, all, all, all kind of blockchain cyber currency technologies um, are, uh, are, are clearly still important. They're still somewhat in their um, – newness um, and their uh, early stages in terms of applicability. Um, but there are also some watershed things that are being done out there that a lot of entrepreneurs can can learn from. And, um, and again, part of the opportunity for us here as Catalyst is helping match what the, the problem the entrepreneur is trying to solve with uh, solutions or referenceability out there that can help them overcome any challenges they have. Now, from a consumer standpoint, where, how is the consumer going to see, like, what's coming up, some differences that might be a different way of kind of experiencing? Yeah, it, ultimately, and this is, um, this is something I, I, I think a lot of us in the marketplace tend to see about financial technology and payments in general, is payments is oftentimes the glue uh, that sews together or sticks together a lot of different market solutions, whether it's um, buying and selling of goods and services, um, borrowing, lending, uh, supporting those kinds of transactions. Um, you know, you could be in the automobile industry and you still got payments applications. You could be in the retail industry and have payments applications. Right. Right? You got to get paid. Exactly. Right? So the money has to change hands. That's right. So the movement of money is, um, is critically important. There's a lot of that underlying plumbing infrastructure rails that is being, um, improved new, New rails are being built, new channels are being uh, explored, and from the consumer's perspective, ultimately what we're all looking for is ease of use. Right? How efficient is it for me to do something I want to do? Buy that cup of coffee, buy that new car, uh, pay my bills, um, invest, save—all um, of those things that uh, that may be desired. Uh, uh, opportunities for the consumer and um, making it uh, an easier uh, frictionless experience is where a lot of fintech companies have great opportunities to be successful. Now, um, how do you see this kind of the robo investment and things like that where a lot of young people are gravitating towards? I don't want to do, you know, we yeah. were talking about relationships with yeah. humans are important. A lot of young people are like, I don't want to deal with any humans at all. I yeah. want this to be on my terms, when I want, where I want. I think that's just the general nature of the evolution of all services, and that is um, self-service, right? The more we as individuals can do ourselves, the more I have available to me at my fingertips, um, the better 
my quality of life seems to be. And when it comes to investing and saving and um, things like robo-advisory technologies and those types of platforms, that's part of this evolution of giving more autonomy and self-control to the consumer. The, again, elimination of friction, the elimination of middlemen, which inherently may have some cost associated with it, is what most of us as consumers are looking for. And some of the really good um, startups um, in the U.S. market, the Atlanta marketplace, are playing heavily in that space. So now what's your kind of vision of how your role is going to impact the fintech community here locally? I think we still have an opportunity to um, grow our brand as a community, both domestically and internationally. I think there's still, I think, I believe there is still um, a lot of greenfield opportunity for us to be a magnet Uh, to draw more entrepreneurs and more ideas here to Atlanta to help incubate and grow those uh, those ideas. There is a wealth of talent here. There's uh, proper capital here. Clearly, there's organizations like us here at ATDC um, that can help these companies uh, be successful. And I think one of the things that uh, we can do and I can do specifically is continue to shine the light on the excellence that's happening here and attract some more um, outside talent um, and opportunities to come here and, and work with us at ATDC. Now, we had we were fortunate the last couple of years to be able to broadcast from FinTech South, a yes. global event at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I had the opportunity to interview a lot of international companies, and I was asking them, what was it like? So you're in your country, and you're like, I'm going to America for this big conference and they're like oh my god going to america that's fantastic and then you go i'm going to atlanta and then it's like huh like you know that's not doesn't roll off the tongue in some of these countries as the hub of fintech well yeah you know it's kind it's kind of interesting i mean it is uh it is the the quiet secret it's the under the radar it's not the obvious choice or the obvious place and and until you really probe the question of where and what are these companies doing. Um, I've been very fortunate uh, in a couple of my previous endeavors to have international operations and most recently working heavily in Latin America. And I can tell you, um, uh, you know, some of our most valuable companies here in Atlanta do a great job of helping us promote what we're doing here. Obviously, you know, the the Deltas, the Coca-Colas, the UPSs, um, joint ventures with Georgia Tech have made the awareness of what's happening in Atlanta um, very obvious to a lot of people in, in global capitals around the world. So we do see... Um, a lot of people coming to Atlanta, looking at the fintech technology, working with these companies that are here. I mean, let's face it. Some of these companies um, are major global brands with major presence in a lot of these marketplaces. And um, and people are getting on planes and coming every day here to Atlanta to learn and take uh, advantage of the knowledge and expertise we're, we're creating here. So the brand is being built and Atlanta is becoming more the obvious choice and the obvious place for a lot of this work to happen. What do you need more of? What can help you um, kind of be more effective in your work? Well, you know, we 
we can always use more ideas. We can always use more entrepreneurs coming and knocking on our doors and saying, hey, how can I be part of this? That's, that's something that we all desire across all the different uh, catalyst roles we have here at, at ATDC. Uh, we also want more of that uh, cooperative partnership with the commercial companies and the commercial ventures. So out you there. need the big enterprise to kind of start and work more and deeper with a more a variety of startups. Yeah. I mean, what a lot of us know, um, and a lot of people in you know, Fortune 1000 companies know, is a lot of times they buy their innovation. Right. And this is a great place to find that innovation. Right. So it's, we'd love to see more of those a, people involved. It's affordable now, right? It is. <laughs> well, it is. And, and it, gives, um, it gives a lot of these large companies who have uh, real problems to solve, uh, real initiatives that they're undertaking, uh, real innovation they want to see or their customers want to see from them. It gives them an opportunity to actually craft that themselves by working you know, in these early stage companies with these early stage companies. And then um, a lot of these early stage companies, especially if they have the counsel of somebody like you, they can be, um, their solution could be a better fit. It could be yes. customized yeah. to the needs of these larger organizations if everybody like you said, cooperates. Yeah, you you uh, you want to help them improve their aim. Right, exactly. And accelerate the speed of which they could do that rather than stumble along on their own. Yes, absolutely. So if somebody wants to learn more, have more substantive conversation with you and your team here, yes. uh, what's the best way to do that? Well, we uh, obviously atdc.org. You can get me at charles.potts, P-O-T-T-S, at atdc.org. Uh, find us on the website um, and um, set up an appointment. Come see us. All right. Well, thank you, Charles, for sharing your story today. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time at ATDC Radio. Mm-hmm.